0: your fans and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell's here to recap the huge weekend of Wisconsin Athletics. Obviously, our main focus will be on the Wisconsin football team's win over Nebraska and of course the men's basketball win over Marquette but there was a you know pretty good weekend uh, for all the other sports that we don't really cover too much on the podcast overall solid weekend for Wisconsin athletics going that way so and obviously excitement to hear from our voices when you come away with two huge wins uh, for both the football and basketball team so Matt how are you feeling tonight
1: I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it was a great weekend in terms of Badger athletics, especially um, being there for the basketball game. The, the crowd was pretty electric and the football team coming home with a win against Nebraska, which, you know, by now it kind of seems like, a, you know, is going to come no matter what after the way they've kind of taken care of that. That's quote unquote rivalry. But it was uh, great to see them kind of take care of business, even though at times it wasn't the prettiest.
0: Yeah, not the prettiest, but we'll we'll jump into that in the second half of the podcast. We're going to start with some college basketball. Obviously, like you said, a huge win over in-state rival Marquette. And my first question was going to be a little off the beat because I remember last year and I don't know where you I don't know if you were. Were you on with the site this time last year? For the Marquette. I was game? not. No, okay. I kind of
1: jumped in a uh, um, beginning That's of summer. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So,
0: um, last year we had this. There was a couple articles, and then we we had the big debate uh, in our Slack channel. And, you know, going back and forth on on what was that whether this Wisconsin Marquette game was a rivalry, and a lot of people said yes, and a lot of people said no. So I was just curious as to your thoughts on on this game between between Marquette and Wisconsin, and whether you view it as a quote unquote rivalry.
1: I would say it's definitely a rivalry. Just just within having the two biggest programs in the state, they both kind of go head to head in, in recruit, in recruiting a lot. You know, they go against each other. It's kind of, no, they've played, I think 80, 80 plus times. And it's, it's pretty even. I think it's, you know, I, it, I want to say it's within a, a game or two difference between the two. And, you know, obviously a lot of that has to do with Marquette's uh, history and what they've kind of have done previously. Wisconsin has kind of had their number as of late outside of, you know, the last couple of years since uh, Bo Ryan left. But, you know, it was a big win for great guard. And I think it was a big confidence booster for the the team in general. But definitely a, a rivalry in my book, especially if you talk to people from Marquette.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a really big rivalry for people in Marquette. I grew up on the southwest side of the state, so I was never really. Marquette always seems so far away from where I grew up that I think people around here, don't see it as deeply as a rivalry because I think you you think about Marquette once a year around here and then it's then it's like okay game's over back to normal but I still think it's I think it's a rivalry in some regard but I think it's probably more so a rivalry for them just given that, that this is kind of their big you know game for their school and that's not a knock on Marquette obviously it's hard to have a you're not gonna have a football program in inner city Milwaukee so you know basketball is gonna be what you what you go for and and you obviously. It's a big game for them, but Badger fans, I think, have embraced the the rivalry of a little bit more more recently. Now that you know it's it's gone against them a lot the last few times, kind of similar to Minnesota, where it's always a big rivalry, but you never lost it. So it was like, okay, is it really a rivalry? And now that you don't have the axe. You certainly want it back but I was just curious on your take on that but let's get into the x's and o's and what happened in that game and I only caught uh, I caught the second half I didn't catch a ton of the first half but I I saw it was uh, awfully close and uh, you know really a flip just switched in that second half between these two teams but um, what do you think was kind of the biggest difference in that game from the first half over to the second half
1: I think the defensive energy was huge you know going in that first half uh Marcus Howard's just a phenomenal playmaker at 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 their shooting guard position. He can really fill up the scorebooks. Uh with points, he came in averaging 28 a game, and he had 16 in the first half. And that was, you know, he had 16 of their 29 points and really kind of paced them in a big way, shooting 50%. And the Badgers were able to kind of chip away at them, but the Badgers weren't shooting super well. They only shot about uh, in that first half. But then you, like you said, they kind of flipped a switch in that second half and really shot the ball much, much better. Second half shot, uh, you know, 48%, which is a big jump. Uh, and then obviously from three point land, they shot over 50%, which is, which is phenomenal, was able to make some, some big plays. But I think a lot of it came from their defensive intensity. They shut down Marcus Howard to 0 of 9 shooting in that second half, and that kind of gave them some confidence and allowed them to make some plays. They got some more fast, fast break points. Uh, you know, so it was, it was great to see kind of what Wisconsin can do, use feeding off that energy, and it allowed them to kind of hit some shots and spread the wealth because they had, a, they had a, a total of six guys in double figures.
0: Yeah, it's good that you note that because I mean I think just from missing part of the first half, it seemed like a dynamic where where the defense was really solid on Marcus Howard, and you have to be if you're going to beat that team. And then, you know, I think, like you said, the lid just kind of came off the basket, even from the whole season. I mean, the, this Badger team hasn't shot that well uh, collectively over the course of the the short sample size we've had. So I think it finally just kind of came off, and, you know, the guys finally got some into a rhythm and, and got some confidence. And I was really impressed with just the, the overall makeup of the offense and, and the way they distributed the ball. You know, there was a lot of times where the Badgers got – Uh, got out in transition and then slowed it up and made an extra pass. I think that they passed the ball really well to find the open shooter. And I think that's kind of the the dynamic that you see from this team to be kind of what we expected coming into the season. And, you know, when we did our preview post, that was kind of our, um, you know, hope for this team was that they'd get some more balanced scoring and just overall, you know, get guys that can pour in points from all positions. I think, you know, Marquette kind of alluded to that in their post game conference about how, you know, how guys were putting the ball in the baskets from all different positions. They didn't. Play, they played kind of positionless basketball, which was exciting to see. So, I mean, what was your overall impressions with the balanced scoring? And, you know, how impactful do you think that'll be just for this team? And, and who did you maybe find most impressive uh, from Saturday's performance?
1: You know, I think it's going to really pay dividends down the road. The team can kind of turn to a lot of different guys in different situations. They're able to kind of pour it in. I know Trice, Ford, King, Davison, Reavers, Pritzel have all went ahead and and scored uh, 10 plus points in this one. I mean, even last game you saw uh, a guy like Walt McGrory get in on the action and scored nine points, something that, you know, most people wouldn't have seen coming into this year. So they have guys that can make the plays and they're going to need that now without Ethan Happ. They kind of talked about that in the the post-game um, conference saying that, you know, they've got plenty of guys that they can lean on if somebody's going off. You know, like Aleem Ford only shot four for 10 from – from the field, which, which isn't phenomenal. Reavers was only two of nine. Um, But at the same time, other guys were able to pick it up. I was particularly impressed by the way, Brevin Pritzel played, you know, they, I mean, they like bombarded him in the locker room. They were all excited. His first career double, double, but I mean, it wasn't just the 15 points he had offensively. The dude had 13 rebounds and a whole host of them came on the offensive on the offensive side. And that just gave them so many second chance points. The Badgers ended up getting 14 second chance points compared to Marquette's three. And that, I mean, that right there can be the difference of your game. You know, when you win by 16 points and you get an extra plus 11 on second chance points over your opponent, that's huge. Um, And the way they're able to kind of shoot free throws and kind of pair those two things together really uh, makes sure that you're kind of taking care of your possessions and your opportunities. And, you know, any of those guys can do it on any given night, which is huge, Um, especially when a guy like Nate Reavers, who many people thought would be your leading scorer, wasn't on that night. He he kind of struggled and was into foul trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going to have that. Pretty, I mean, you're not going to have that every game, but you're going to have games like that where you're not going to have a go-to guy. You know, Marquette is, is going to go to Marcus Howard pretty much every game. They're going to rely on 20 to 25 to 30 points from him uh, in pretty much every basketball game that they, they take to the court and play. Wisconsin's not going to have that. They're going to need, you know, additions from guys like Brevin Pritzel. I mean, Brevin Pritzel getting a double-double to me it's just not something I don't think, I don't think anybody expected Bre- Brevin Pritchell and double double to be put in the same sentence, but the way he was just grabbing boards left and right was, was super impressive. I mean, you're used to just him kind of being a spot up shooter and all of a sudden he's, he's taking a stride in his game and hopefully that continues. Cause I know he was kind of down on himself after, after this kind of rough start he had to the season. Uh, so getting confidence in all those guys, uh, it really made this team kind of take shape and, and sort of look like the team that, that we expected coming into the season with a hat, you know, playing Ethan hapless basketball uh, where, where you, you've got more opportunities and the floor is a little bit more open for guys to just, you know, get to an open spot and, and take their open shot. So I was, I was thoroughly impressed, especially with that second half uh, and the effort, those guys. And then of course you got to give a shout out obviously to Demetri Trice for playing, not only you playing pretty well on the offensive side, but also, you know, D up Marcus Howard. And I know they, they had some elements where they were switching on him and, and having different guys there, but Trice took a huge, a uh, huge chunk of that time, so I was impressed uh, with those guys on, on both ends. What did you make of, I know we talked on the shooting a little bit, but what what was your overall impressions just from the offense in general? And, you know, it seemed like they did a good job of working the ball into the post and then kicking out and finding finding an open shooter. Was that kind of your impressions of, of the offense and, and how it's going to go uh, more so this season?
1: Yeah, and I, I thought they did a good job of posting up with multiple players inside. They weren't afraid to go to a guy like, like Kobe King, who, you know, at, at six foot four, six foot five, he he could present some matchup problems when he's got a smaller guard on him and his athleticism to, to you know, lean up over some guy or to take it to the rack is is there. Um, I thought Aleem Ford really had went out of his way to try to make more plays in the post. And Nate Reavers is obviously uh, a guy who can make those plays Uh, Both inside and outside, they ended up with 24 points in the paint. Most of those actually were in the first half. I think they had 16. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but I know they really made a concerted effort to go inside in the first half, and because of that, they were able to to get Marquette to to come down, crash down a little bit, and were able to open up some of those outside shots. And then they hit them. You know, the the three-point basket is is something that oftentimes you watch a Badger game and they kind of live or die by that at times when you, you know, you scratch your head when they lose, they shoot terribly from three. And when they, you know, crush a team, they they're making. And I mean that you can go across college basketball with that, but it seems like Wisconsin, especially, sometimes they get a little three point happy. And I thought that they did a really good job of making their shots and making sure that their shots were in rhythm when they were shooting three pointers, especially in the second half. And that's why you saw such a a high Three-point percentage, almost 50% uh, on the game and over 50% in the second half.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I was actually thinking that earlier. I was like, man, some of these Wisconsin teams of late have really lived and died by the three. And I, I kind of got that impression from, from the game. And obviously, it's really fun to watch when you're hitting all these shots in a, in a big game like that. But we, I can think back to so many games where it just hasn't worked, and there's been a lid on the basket, and and it's come back to bite them. But if they're if they're shooting, you know, like you said, in rhythm and taking the open shots, and not forcing three pointers, which Wisconsin, you know, guys can tend to do. You know, I think back to all those Trayvon, <laughs> Trayvon Hughes and, and Trayvon Jackson, and all those guys, uh, you know, forcing up shots. And when they're taking it in rhythm, as playing as a team. They're such a better basketball team. I think we finally kind of saw. Uh, what that could be you know, on the offensive end, which you know you don't usually worry about Wisconsin defenses too much, uh, but on the offense you you, you kind of get worried with these long scoring droughts. But you know overall they they did a great job and they they were knocking down shots and hopefully they can keep that rhythm going as they've got. What do they what do they play next Thursday night? Is that right?
1: Yeah yeah they take on yeah. uh, Green Bay Thursday Green Bay, right. at, at the Kohl Center in a late one at 8 p.m.
0: And then after that are they in uh, are they out to that New York tournament after that? I want to say um, yeah
1: af- after Green Bay yeah then they've got yeah. Richmond out in New York and, and yeah. then they either yep. play them or Aub- after that they yep. either play Auburn or New Mexico so yeah yeah
0: so that'll be good to hopefully get that uh, keep that rhythm going as they get into some not so much a tougher game with Green Bay but when you take out a team like Auburn maybe you know out there that'll be that'll be something that'll be important and then I know NC State is, is soon after that uh, after the uh I wanna say early December. I don't know what day, but uh be interesting to see if they keep that rhythm. But we'll get back to the the game itself. What did you make of obviously the defensive effort? Obviously the big attention was to the offense just given the way they were shooting in that second half. But defensively I think the Badgers played really well uh and and really sound as a whole group. So what did you make of uh of the defensive effort and specifically uh how how Marcus Howard was kind of shut down in that second half?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a tremendous effort by Dimitri Trice, personally. Um, Obviously, Kobe King had his times on him as well as Brad Davison. Um, But I mean, kudos to Trice for just kind of locking him up, especially in the second half. You you, you saw him kind of just get out of his rhythm. I mean, they even took him off the court at times um, where he just wasn't being nearly as effective. Um, But I mean, Trice, has kind of had an up and down so far, year so far, but really this was this was a game where you could tell he really wanted to go out and prove that he's one of the best point guards in the Big Ten. I know that's what he said um, when I was down at uh, media day down in in uh, Chicago. He had said that you know he really wants to go out there and prove that he's one of the better point guards in the big 10. And I thought that was a big step in that. And, you know, he took his lumps the first couple games, but to go out there and, and do what he did, you know, be right in his hip pocket and not let him, not let Marcus Howard get going, uh, was, was phenomenal. And it was, it was great to see.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if people realize how tough of an, like assignment that is not only to go out and, and play the point guard position and score, Uh, On a pretty consistent basis, but also on the other side of the floor to also lock down, you know, not even one of the best players that they'll face. Probably, you know, one of the best pure scorers in college basketball. That's a lot to ask out of somebody. And uh, you you could see it in Trice's eyes when he made that made one of those threes. You could just see in his eyes that he was he was really eager to. Uh, you know to get out there and keep playing and and really hungry to like you said prove that you know he's a top a top you know, point guard in this conference and and trying to get his name more on a national radar but obviously a big game on Fox will help that given the performance he had but i was thoroughly impressed with him and you know despite obviously you, you alluded to it a little bit with his early season struggles if he starts to play like that uh, on both ends of the floor, he's going to be he's going to be a really quality player as they get into obviously a tougher stretch with some other tougher teams. But Marcus Howard will probably be one of the better scorers they'll face all season, and he did a tremendous job, especially in the second half. And he, a, guy, a guy like him is always going to get his points, but just the the way they were able to slow it down and and prevent him from from really getting in a rhythm and getting going was was pretty huge. But overall, the grand scheme of things, obviously, Marquette's probably a top team still in the Big East, probably not as strong as they were last year. But how big of a resume booster is a win like that against a good a good quality non-conference opponent uh, for the Badgers? And how how excited does it make you that we finally kind of seen what this team can be in twenty nineteen?
1: Yeah, I mean, any win you get, especially uh, early on uh, in non-conference, is going to be big for your resume. Kind of, kind of helps, uh, you know, lick some of those wounds from that early game against St. Mary's. But I think the biggest thing is that it just gives this team some confidence, gives them them a boost, and lets them know kind of what they are capable of. You know, shooting 18 of 20 from the free throw line and continuing that free throw shooting is big for them to to see the struggles they had last year. Albeit a lot of that was from Ethan Happ, but the other guys kind of just fell into that same uh, struggle bus where, and going ahead and showing that, hey, um, Greg Gard had said in the post game, you know, the way that they went ahead and saw that, hey, the defensive effort that we put in can lead to um, greater uh, opportunities on the offensive end, and we're able to kind of get in a rhythm because of that, uh, it, it makes such a difference. You know, I, I remember back to when I was playing, you know, it's you get a sweat going, and it just makes it so that you feel more confident. This team definitely has that that ability, and if they can keep doing what they're doing on the defensive end and harnessing that towards the offense, it's, it's definitely something that'll, they'll keep getting resume wins uh, and get ready for the big 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was really impressive just the way nothing seemed to you know slack on either side of the, either side of the floor. And I think if you can play like that collectively and cohesively, both as a team and on both ends, uh, you know, this team could be could be as dangerous as some of us thought, given you know how we, we expected to see that preseason ex- on the offense side of the ball. But the, the defense to work into that and, and be an integral part like it used to be with the Wisconsin basketball is going to be huge for them down the stretch. Uh, so obviously that recaps big win over Marquette for the Badgers. Huge non-conference win against an in-state rival and you know, just down the road, a huge game for both sides. So anytime you can pick up a win in that rivalry is huge. But now it's time to talk uh, a little football, so we're going to do a couple quick ads, get those out of the way, and then we're going to dive into Wisconsin's road victory over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. All right, let's talk some football. Big win over Nebraska, not super pretty overall. There were some things that the Badgers did really well, which we'll get into, and then some things that we did really poorly, uh, which we'll of course, you get even further into, but Matt, what were your initial thoughts on the Badgers road win over Nebraska?
1: I I thought it was, it was big. I mean, you, you always are going whenever on your, I should say, whenever you are on the road, uh, it's it's tough. You're out of your element. It's a little bit different. Nebraska is always up for this game. Um, You know, they have a huge, huge crowd. That's always into it. Um, But the Badgers kind of responded, especially after a really sluggish start. Um, you saw Jonathan Taylor kind of rebound nicely after that uh, crazy fumble play that happened after he Odell'd that ball. Um, but then I think just the way that they were able to respond, kind of come up with some big stops when they needed um, and kind of avoid a, a, a big clunk, uh, you know, because it, it, it had a semblance of that Illinois game earlier in the year. But they were able to kind of, you know, figure things out and and move through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, early on in that game, when obviously Nebraska got the first score, and anytime you go down and you know you let your opponent score first, that always makes you nervous, especially on the road. But I think they really did. A really, obviously, the Kruckshank, you know, t- touchdown return completely flipped the momentum. I think uh, in that game, if the Badgers didn't have that, I, I could see that game going a whole, you know, host of different ways. But I, I, like you said, it's it's tough to win on the road. I don't care who it is. I don't care. Where it is, it, it's tough to go on the road outside of your stadium and win football games. And Nebraska, coming off of a bye, you knew that they were gonna get you were gonna get their best effort, just given where their season is at. Needed two out of the three wins to get to a bowl game. They can still do that if they get you know Maryland and obviously Iowa at the end of the season. But they would have loved to pull up pull off that huge upset and, and get the Badgers and knock them out of that Big Ten West race. When obviously you've got other things in the conference going on that are Huge, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in, in Minnesota. But not the prettiest, but overall, it's it's something that it's tough to do. I know people weren't impressed with the win, really, but you got out of arguably. I mean, you know, Lincoln is still, I would say, one of the tougher stadiums in the Big Ten to play at. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, they just their fans are really good they're you know they're into their football it's the only thing for miles so it's it's always big to win especially uh you know coming coming down and winning a game that it was it was basically their super bowl at that moment and the badgers needed to take care of business especially with um already knowing kind of what was happening later on in the day with Iowa and Minnesota, you, you knew that there was an opportunity possibly for the Badgers. And, you know, that's something that's always on their mind, whether they're going to say it is or not, Uh, they're, they're keeping an eye on that stuff too. So it was, it was big to take care of business and kind of uh, move on because you got, you got two more to go. And for some of these seniors, it's, they're running out of opportunities here to really make a dent at Wisconsin
0: yeah no I totally agree I mean people can I know whatever your thoughts are on Nebraska as a whole you know as a fan I get it but at the same time it's still they're very passionate about their football they're you know there's some fan bases that no matter what is going on they're invested and Nebraska is one of them and I so I I think going there and playing is always tough I don't care what the records are I don't care who the team is and, and where they're at in the season anytime you can pick up a win in lincoln is tough and i know wisconsin's had a relatively huge amount of success against nebraska but someday that's going to change and people are going to realize how hard it is to win there uh, but hopefully no time soon getting into the actual x's and o's of it on offense really everything kind of went how we both expected heavy dose of jonathan taylor we we both said give it to give it to jt as much as you can and let him go given his history against nebraska but anything else stand out to you other than other than JT or or what most you know what maybe impressed you most on the offense?
1: Yeah, I thought the the way that the team just kind of ran for ran through nebraska was great to see they averaged seven yards a crack uh across the across the team it seemed like anybody could run on them you know nakia watson even had some nice runs uh, in the game uh danny davis had that long like 29 yarder so i mean jonathan taylor is still a super beast was able to kind of break the easy tackles make the first guy miss and and bully forward um but i overall just ability to kind of dictate the game through the run was huge especially after that like I said that first fumble and then I was also really impressed by that play by AJ Taylor you know Mm -hmm. if you if you look at the the cutout of that catch there's there's three guys like right around him and for him to be able to kind of slither his way out of there and and take it to the house was was huge and you know he's he's been kind of an uh an unsung hero this year hasn't hasn't really kind of gone the his senior year hasn't gone nearly the way I think he would have hoped But at the same time, he is a playmaker, and he showed that, uh, you know, for the Badgers on on Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with the game plan as well, just going over, you know, finally saying, okay, we're going to establish the run with Jonathan Taylor, and he's going to get six, seven yards of carry, and we can do that whenever we really, really need it. Uh, but at the same time, let's get let's get our other playmakers involved and get you know Danny Davis in the in the game plan, which has kind of been more and more so every week. And obviously hitting AJ Taylor on some was on that play and a couple others was huge. And just getting some more guys into the game because you can't be one dimensional in a league like this, especially given the teams that you're going to play coming up. You know, you obviously Purdue is is having a down year, but they're still got some talent. And then of course you've got Minnesota and a possible day with. Ohio State or Penn State, uh, if you were to if you were to win that one, so you're gonna have to find ways to score, and you can't be one dimensional and and deflating the the clock so to speak, uh, all the time. And so I was impressed with just the ability of getting other guys in the game and, and getting them, you know, getting them the ball, distributing the football, and not making it so keyed in on JT. I mean, he was getting six seven yards whenever he needed it. So uh, to, to take chances on first and second down and and get some other guys the ball, I thought was impressive, and I think that's what really makes Wisconsin's offense when it's really humming and clicking is when you have the ability to to do both of those and, and throw off of Jonathan Taylor's success. So overall, I was, I was really impressed with the offense. I don't really think there's a ton that you can take away negatively uh, from the offensive side of the football. How, how relieved do you think Nebraska is going to be that they never have to see maybe, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor's pro Discussions have have heated up a little bit, but how re- relieved do you think Nebraska is going to be to maybe never have to see Jonathan Taylor again?
1: Oh, they won't have to see him again. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way he's coming back. I don't think back. so either. But uh, but I'm, no, I yeah, I think it was this. <laughs> I think it's the same thing as people were saying when it was Melvin Gordon. You know, it's like, oh, great. We never yeah. have to see him again. And here, now this freshman comes and, you know, spoils their plan. So it's, it, I think it doesn't matter who it is until Nebraska is able to fortify, you know, their front seven is, they're going to have these issues. Wisconsin has has kind of routinely kept this going with, the you know, that flywheel with their with their offensive linemen and running back tradition. And Nebraska hasn't been able to really get a, a front seven. That's been great since they lost in, in Dominican Sioux. So they need to get back to what they were, uh, what they used to be defensively. And until that really happens, I don't think anything is going to change uh, to be perfectly honest, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or if it's Nikia Watson next year, or, you know, Julius Davis or mm-hmm. some incoming recruit, I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where Wisconsin's going to continue to try to run it down their throat and until Nebraska is able to kind of stop it. I, I, I don't think it really matters if it's JT or if it's somebody different because Wisconsin just more physical up front and is able to kind of just push their way through them with the offensive line and, and run through arm tackles that Nebraska was really struggling with.
0: Yeah, tackling in this game was atrocious on both yeah, this, sides of the football. <laughs> this was an anti
1: this the anti of a clinic, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that was that was uh, I can't imagine fr- frustrating for Nebraska, frustrating for Wisconsin fans. It was driving me nuts uh, overall, but yeah, I, I, you're probably right. I mean, Nebraska's just been so, and I don't know if that goes because you think of the Dominican Sioux days, that was back still when they were in the Big 12 and competing in that league. And it's just such a different league from down there with the pass happy offenses to the run heavy offenses. And I don't know if Nebraska's ever really gotten to the point where they've made that adjustment, especially up front. I mean, their, def- their defensive line was just getting pushed downhill left and right, play after play. And, and like, you know, he, he said, here's what we're going to do try and stop it. And they just could not get a push. Uh, to help them on that side of the football. Um, but that's pretty much everything on offense. This this offense it clicked. It was good to see after some weeks that hasn't really worked. Obviously, Nebraska, like you said, is a, is a type of game where they can really run the football down people's throats and, and work out some uh, frustrations that they might have had earlier in the week. Um, and what, we're going to talk about the negative in a second. But we are both on record of not really being a fan of the special teams so far this season. So we have to give them some credit. The special teams made a play. Aaron Cruikshank looked like the fastest man alive on that kick return. <laughs> so how big of that, how big was it to see that finally <laughs> pay off? And, and really how big do you feel like the momentum switched in that moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was huge. At that moment, you know, you you did, you kind of had that like uh oh feeling, you know, kind of it, it. I'm telling you, it was kind of eerily similar to uh, Illinois, um, but then he made that play, and you know those that hesitation that he that he delivered on those. Uh, I think one I was on the kicker, and then one was on uh you know like a safety or cornerback trying to catch him. Uh, it was it was a thing of beauty, and you know you could kind of see why high school coaches were drooling, or I mean college coaches were drooling over him coming out of high school, and you know. It, he was, it's something that you don't see very often with Wisconsin. They kind of haven't had it haven't had that. Uh, we talked about that last week, how I said that there might need to be something a little bit different because <laughs> we haven't seen a, a, a kickoff return uh, in a long time. I think it was the last time was Jamerson against Maryland. So yeah. it's, I think it's, it's going to be one of those things where he, he had been doing so well compared to last season on kickoff returns. And for him to finally bust one was, uh, I don't think he could have picked a better time than uh, than that one at that very moment, given the fact that uh, the struggles that the offense just had and the way that the defense just kind of let Nebraska just march right down the field on them.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that was huge for momentum. I mean, like you said, it it felt a little everything felt a little tight and tense at that point. And then it, you know, as soon as he busted that loose and and got got free to score a touchdown, it was like, OK, we're back to back to level here. Let's let's relax. Let's let's you know, loosen up a little bit and let's get this thing rolling. And, and that kind of, that's kind of how it happened. It would be weird uh, and interesting to see how that game would have played out, had that taken been off the board and, and the Badgers, if they weren't able to score where that game would have went. Cause things felt, felt tense early on. And, and maybe that's just cause you're on the road and you've got some big things in front of you and you don't want to drop one in a game like this, which we've seen previously, like you mentioned in Illinois, where it did feel a lot like that. So it was, it was a huge. And like you said, couldn't have came at a better time for this team. And obviously in the, in that moment to, to put seven on the board in a way that you didn't expect to given just given the special team struggles, you, you can't really count on any special teams points in general, but just given the Badgers struggle on that side of the football this season, that was, that was huge despite it being pretty early. So those are the two positives. And unfortunately, most of the time you can't have uh, three positives in, in a game. It, it's hard to do granted, but, defensively things were bad. I mean, they were not good and really, any there's not really much you can say uh, that was, was super positive. I mean, last year, Adrian Martinez and Nebraska's offense picked Wisconsin apart for 500 and some yards. And this year, I don't know if they got to the 500 mark. I thought they were just below it, but it, it seemed like they were putting up basically, yards.
1: basically there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I thought, I thought they were close. I, I couldn't remember the exact yeah, number, four, but
1: 493.
0: So 493. Yeah. Okay. So it, it felt like 500 to 600 yards. Uh, it just seemed like guys were wide open and, and all over the place and, and running lanes everywhere. But really it kind of felt the same as the Ohio State game where guys were just finding gaps and the, the spread offenses were just giving the, this team nightmares. So is, what is it specifically in your eyes that, that makes those spread offenses so hard for the Badgers to defend?
1: Well, I, I think they're generally speaking, they're fairly hard for any team, especially you have, if you have a mobile quarterback, if you have a good running game. Nebraska came in, I think, 43rd in rushing attack. So it wasn't like they were kind of out of this world uh, in terms of their running game. But at the same time, they're they're formidable. And with their scheme, they're able to do that. But I think the big thing was we've seen it now with against Illinois. We've seen it now against Ohio State, like you said. And the Badgers just seem to kind of misread their keys and are over pursuing at times. It looked like um, specifically Jack Sanborn had multiple moments where he, he was kind of out of position and, and kind of got beat because of it. Um, I know Chris Orr had moments like that, too. And then it, it, because you're you're not trusting your keys, you're not in your you're not being fundamentally sound in, in your gap. It leads to, you know, you trying to have to scramble and make an arm tackle. And the Badgers just weren't good enough on tackling in this game. They gave up, I think it was 18 missed tackles, which is just a crazy number when you consider consider just how good this team has been in tackling for most of the season. Um, So that, that was something that I saw that they kind of just were over pursued Um, at times. I thought uh, it was fairly telling that their two leading tacklers were safeties given the fact that they've just got allowed too many times uh, the running backs to get out in space, get, get past the, the first line of defense and made uh, Reggie Pearson and Eric Burrell really work for, their uh their scholarship on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and that they're exactly right. I mean, just the way, just the way guys were were seeming to be caught on their heels and then trying to over over pursue it and miss tackles was was frustrating. I know, I know read read option and, and spread attacks are are usually pretty tough to defend in general. I mean, there's a reason why 75% of the offenses in college football you know, base their offense on a spread attack. It's because it works at this level and it works pretty well for a lot of teams, especially when you have the athletes, uh, of course, at the quarterback position and then on the perimeter. And I think just that added element of a mobile quarterback really, I think causes linebackers. Like you mentioned Jack Sanborn who who had a tougher game, uh, you know, just it, it makes you account for one other thing. I mean, you look at the Iowa game, Wisconsin's defense played pretty well. Uh, obviously got beat on a few quick plays, but you didn't have to worry about Nate Stanley really scrambling for for huge chunk plays. Certainly he can get out of the pocket and use his legs to pick up a first down if needed, but he was never going to be like Adrian Martinez running 40, 50 yards down the field and and almost busting runs for touchdowns. I think that added element really uh, gives them headaches and, and gives defenses in general headaches. Let's, I mean, let's not you know, pretend that Adrian Martinez isn't a really good player. He's as, as sound as they can be, and at least against the two games against Wisconsin. So overall, I, I know the defense looked bad and, and there were certain things, but there's there's still some talent on that side. And you saw, I mean, their guys on their offense, really this Nebraska team I think should be better given the, guy, the weapons that they have. It's just defensively they don't really
1: have enough guys, wouldn't you say? Yeah, their their defense has really been struggling. Um, they they like I said, they just haven't really had that consistency on the defensive side of ball for a long time. You know, it, it's it's one thing when you when you run out, you know, um, Bo Pelini, uh and because of you know his shortcomings, but their defense hasn't been any good since since he left. And you know, it wasn't necessarily always great when he was there. So they they need to fix that side of their ball because their offense can be dynamic when they want it to be and when they have things going well.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just haven't had the athletes to to keep them in ball games on the defensive side of the ball, where if they did, if they had a even remotely shut down defense, they'd be a, a much different team and, and different from where they're the spot that they're at. So overall, I mean, the, the given the attacks that we, the, the Badgers have kind of seen uh, in this previous games, obviously with Ohio state, giving up some big plays and, and Illinois, they didn't give up a ton in terms of points, but overall they, they kind of still struggled with some big plays. How concerned are you with this defense just down the stretch given the attacks they'll face with Minnesota who's got some quality receivers and then, you know, a possible rematch with a, with a Penn or a rematch with Ohio State or a matchup uh, with Penn State as this defense gets going. How big of a concern is it uh, based on where they're at right now?
1: You know, I think it's got to be a concern to a certain degree. I'm not super frightful of what Purdue brings to the table. Um, You know, Rondell Moore is a maybe in terms of being able to even play in this game. But, you know, they're on their third string quarterback and he's not a he's not a really mobile quarterback, which seems to be uh, one of the things that has really hurt Wisconsin uh, this year. And I've seen it now with when it whether it's Adrian Martinez or somebody else. Um, but either way with spread attacks, it's it's that ability to do run pass option ha- has been tough for Wisconsin. Um, Minnesota, I know, really employs that. Tanner Morgan has been really, really good getting to the, you know, Rashad Bateman and t- – Tyler Johnson, two really good wide receivers, two of the best in the Big Ten, really. Um, but he's been able to get the ball to them using that run-pass option, and they can run the ball so well that it's it's Wisconsin's going to have to to clean up some of those tackling issues because if you're missing those plays, that that leads to those chunk plays that just that just crush you. Um, Nebraska had multiple, you know, Adrian Martinez and. Dedrick Mills both had 40-plus yard runs, which it, you, it, you just shouldn't be giving that up. Uh, whether, whether no matter the competition, I should say. So Wisconsin's got to kind of get back to basics and and being fundamentally sound, uh, try not to do too much, but know your role and making sure that you're doing it because otherwise, a team like Minnesota or Penn State or Ohio State can can really hurt you or whoever you see in a bowl game.
0: Yeah, I mean you're exactly right. I mean just the just the you know, it's not anything schematically. It's just the fundamental stuff that I really think, they, like you said, has to get cleaned up. Just given, given what they're going to face in some in some talented offenses and receivers. And like you said, Purdue isn't uh, over anything special right now, but they still throw the ball a lot. And if they know that, you know, they've got guys that that don't wrap up on the other side and, and aren't playing fundamentally sound, that that can cause problems, especially if you give teams like that extra life to to hang around and and so that's something that i think is going to have to be cleaned up just in general but as a as a defense i th- i think those guys know that it's not so, that's something you learn in in peewee football is to get get re- get the guys wrapped up and, and get in position to make a tackle so it's really not things that that should be happening 18 is inexcusable uh, any any way shape or form uh, but overall i i think that's something that they can get cleaned up pretty quickly just given where they, you know, this the is a lot of those guys. They've played football their entire lives. That's something that they should be able to fix if they just pay more attention to it. And I know you're, you're paying attention to a lot of different things throughout the week in terms of prep with with offenses and, and reading plays, and it's, it's a lot to ask, and, and maybe some of that stuff has kind of just fallen by the wayside a little bit. But at the end of the day, it, it's Wisconsin. Fundamentals is usually something that is done so well by this program, so it'll be interesting to see how they clean that up. Uh, coming into next week, because when we saw we saw it against Illinois and it kind of snowballed into that Ohio State game, at least in the second half. The first half, uh, the, they kept in it and they, they played their game and they made the plays. But second half, things just got away from them and you, you just can't have that repeat weeks in a row. So well, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, side of that get, gets cleaned up. But at the end of the day, big picture, win is a win. Stayed alive in the Big Ten West title and then, of course, got some help um, from our friendly neighbors down south, and the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, who knocked off Minnesota in Kinnick Stadium, it was really a great, great football game to watch. I was, I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of games on Saturday. There was, it was a good slate of college football, but that one was, of course, the second biggest after Wisconsin's win. I mean, Matt, how big is it just from a mental standpoint for these guys, going knowing that coming into this week? And the following week, obviously, this could be a little bit of a look-ahead spot, but I don't think it is, just given what this team's been through so far. How big is it to know that you essentially control your own destiny and you don't need help? You can do everything yourself, uh, and how big is that for these guys in these last two games and and going down the stretch?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a huge relief that, hey, you're, you're still in this. you got everything that you wanted is still in front of you in terms of your goals. You now have a chance to still win The conference, uh, if if some things shake out nicely for you, so the Badgers, uh, you know, having that ability to kind of go in there and be juiced up for Minnesota, you know, I'm I'm not going to completely overlook Purdue, but I think you know everything is pointing towards that game now at 2:30. They announced in in Minneapolis, so that that game will have a lot of juice for the Badgers. It now adds an extra layer of Uh, rationale for really wanting it and really going for it you know it's obviously a rivalry game you lost last year you want to get the axe back but now you compound that with the ability to hey we can go in there and get to Indianapolis really kind of throws an extra log on the fire so the Badgers will be really going for that one and I think it's exciting for fans to kind of kind of get back into it too because I know there was some people who kind of jump shipped or uh, wave the white flag but this this gives uh, fans some some perspective and something to root for as well
0: yeah it's gonna be awesome I mean I think I totally agree I think it breathes some life back in there because this you know if Iowa doesn't pull off that upset no matter what this team did they could go out and win 63 to nothing over Nebraska and blow the doors off Purdue but if Minnesota hadn't dropped one of those games you know even by the slightest of margins they they had no shot of getting in there so it's it's really kind of a helpless feeling to be playing catch-up but given that you've got your game with them you know you've got your shot and I think it really revitalized the team and and you know hopefully fans around the country realize that two losses while no everyone wants to be in the playoff conversation and that two losses in college football is not a bad season I mean there's not there's only a handful of teams uh, that are still sitting around with with zero losses and there's you know a little few more with one loss but really overall it's hard to go undefeated or one loss type team in this sport it's just the nature of the beast so i think it's really exciting i'm I'm super excited for that minnesota game obviously one more to get in purdue being at home and senior day like you said i'm not super worried about it but you can't you can't have a look ahead spot like because obviously we've seen what happens when this team kind of got in a look at spot with Illinois and Ohio State? So I'm I'm really excited and I'm I'm trying to figure out if I want to uh, splurge and buy the tickets now for that Wisconsin Minnesota game. All right. Have you uh, Have you ever been up to uh, their new stadium?
1: I have not been to the new stadium. Uh, I've been t- I was at the the Metro dump multiple times. Um, you know, that place just kind of sucked you out of it as you were walking out. But, um, I, uh, I have not been to TCF bank. I do want to get up there at some point though. Cause I, I know, uh, it's nice. And my, my sister lives up there as well. So I have really no reason to go up there other than it's usually over uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So it's a little harder, right. uh, right. to, to get away from family for that one
0: yeah and i haven't looked at tickets but i have to imagine tickets for that game are going to be pretty pricey just given that this is probably that'll end up probably being other than the penn state game which was big but i think this will be probably the biggest game in minnesota football history or at least in the last 20 years from what i can remember i mean they haven't had one you know a division title game in their home stadium in quite some time so it'll be it'll be expensive for that too and if i'm if i'm possibly splurging on big 10 championship tickets i might have to uh I don't know. It's going to be a tough decision for me to make down the stretch here. But uh, it's exciting. I mean, to, to have the ball essentially in your court as you get into these last two weeks of the season is huge. Because last week, when when Minnesota pulled that out against Penn State, you were just kind of left thinking, oh, man, you know, we are still we still need some help. And thankfully, our, our friends from down over here in Iowa helped us out. And the, the Badgers, of course, control their own destiny in the Big Ten West. So we'll see how that plays out down the stretch. That's all I've got for this episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Obviously, check in on Thursday. We'll have our regular uh, Purdue preview in uh, and go over everything from that. And of course, uh, we'll recap that game next week. But a regular scheduled program, two episodes a week uh, now that we get onto the home stretch of this Big Ten football season and, and football season in general. Guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening on Wisconsin.